Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Craft of the Draft podcast, and we're back for season two, another year, and obviously a pretty, pretty different setup this year. We are not on Skype. We are in a very nice studio, all thanks to Radio Karam. So we're here every every week or so, and we'll be coming to you from very nice microphones and a very nice setup. But yeah, back again for another year. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Nathan Seppi, joined by my other co-host, John T. Ralph-Smith. What did you get up to in your summer? Did yeah. you even have a break? Yeah, there wasn't much of a break. We obviously went around to the to some different regions and recorded some fun content with some of the some of the players. So got out to the likes of Bendigo, Murray, Geelong, and some of the metro regions as well. So keep an eye out to see some of that content drip feed across or drip fed across our channels in the next couple of months or so, but it's the most exciting time of the year in footy season to some degree, this early February part, isn't it, where there's so much optimism, the storylines are yet to play out and you don't know who's going to announce themselves. So really looking forward to seeing what happens. We've got a lot of practice matches upcoming, obviously. The the fixtures soon to be announced as well and the draft fixtures certainly been announced. So clubs are, clubs are all excited and, and there's so many players that could announce themselves. Who are the ones that are going to take the next step I guess time will tell for sure very exciting time of year and this episode we're going to look at the top five players from each each Vic Metro team next week's episode we'll look at the top five from each Vic Country team and we will do the same with the girls in the upcoming weeks as well so make sure you stay tuned for that but let's get straight into it and we'll start with the call to cannons who I'm going to put this name off the bat as the purest winner in this draft class and I'm that big on him. I've loved watching his football. Just one that understands the game so well is Jaden Newen. He's just built for that role really well. His running capacity is really fine-tuned already to the point where he understands where he needs to be in different scenarios and how to advance the ball forward and I just think there's a, a lot technically there with him that is really, really undervalued at the moment but it, it's just so impressive to watch him play his football in my opinion his kicking is really good isn't it as well I think that's another feature of his game that's really impressive we went out to Calder and and did some content with them and saw some match simulation and that he was playing as an inside midfielder during that match simulation and had some really exciting moments so he's one that is going to showcase that versatility like you say you've got that half back he plays that wing role really well he probably plays to structure as well as any player in the in the talent league competition and he's put on size as well so he's not going to get pushed off the ball he's one who's going to be able to stand up to the to the grunt of the contest so he's certainly one to watch out for it's interesting you 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 know you name him off the top of the show because i've obviously got a really strong list the quarter cannons have got player in the afl academy we've got players in the vic metro summer training hub as well but certainly jade newen is one that captured some attention last year and we both enjoyed watching him but we'll move on now to harry o'farrell a key position player who was the hero for his school last year when he kicked a match-winning goal and was very good up forward Uh, at APS level and showed what he was able to do there. But it's at the other end of the ground that he played his best footy, played played the most played the most uh, footy for the call to cannons in 2023. So he's a key position player that can play at either end of the ground and probably announced himself early in the season playing on Jed Walter. Obviously a tough matchup and we know how high he went in the draft and how hard he is to match up on with his size and athleticism. But Harry O'Farrell certainly didn't take a backward step and played to his strengths really well. He's athletic and he's got a good leap. 100%. And... Like you said, he's got that capability of playing forward, that he's done that in his juniors. But 
he's built a really nice standard for himself in that back line as well. I mean, on AFL Grand Final Day, he was really just showing what he was capable of in terms of skill set. That turn of speed he had, had a really good aerial presence and he wasn't losing his contest. So he understands that forward craft, which is a benefit to him as a defender, obviously. And I'm quite big that if you're a forward going to play defense, you probably have one of the biggest advantages. And we've seen that in AFL sometimes when forwards go back and they understand that role really well. So... He's one that I think has such a high, like a lot of scope this year. Yeah. He's really got it. Um, no, certainly. Another one that's got a lot of scope, I think, is, is Isaac Kako. Yeah. And certainly he's, so he's an Essendon NGA prospect. Probably doesn't get through to Essendon because he will go in the top 40, you would expect. Yeah. But he's a small forward and he's a small forward that people who watch the Talent Pathway competition are going to gravitate towards him this season because he is exciting to watch. He's electric. He's an X factor. He's someone who, who brings a bit of spunk on the field. He showed his goal-kicking capacity last year. He kicked multiple goals in several games, probably Capped, capped off, topped by a, a seven-goal performance against the NT Thunder in a big win for the Calder Cannons. What he's built, though, in the off-season from all reports is that defensive element to his game. So we know he's got so many avenues to goal. He's a very crafty crummer, but being able to have a presence when he doesn't have the ball in his hand has probably been the next step for him. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to really apply that in the early part of the Coates Talent League season. Was probably the unluckiest bottom major not to make Vic Metro last season. We know they had a lot of players in that squad. Unfortunately, he just missed out. And he he also has the capacity to, to go into the midfield and, and be damaging there. So an under-16s Vic Metro player, there's been some hype around him for some time. And he's, he's played for Calder in 2020 through 2022 and 2023. 100%. You've summed that pretty well there. I don't have a lot to add. But yeah, there is the possibility for him to get up the ground there and really showcase a bit more to his game, especially on the win. There's a possibility if that option does become viable. Nashkin, want to bring him yeah. up. And, and he's one that, again, stood out really early in 2023 and, and that definitely was on show for Vic Metro, especially against WA at RSEA that day. I mean, yep. he knows how to play his football. He just plays on instinct, though. He naturally understands where to win the footy and how to release of it really well. Yeah, releasing it really well. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. He He's able to win the footy, so go in. He's tough enough to win his own footy, but then he's he's able to advance it forward and, and hit a teammate. So those four, that forward press that he provides from the midfield is something which is really impressive. I think the other thing that I really like is that the game that he announced himself in was actually, or to me, announced himself to me, was probably against the Sandringham Dragons early in the season. The Sandringham Dragons, we know how formidable they are every year. They've always got a really strong midfield and they were full strength that day. So they didn't have players missing due to APS commitments. Uh, Nash King's one who is very good in the midfield and has the versatility to expand his game out from there. And and they've got a long list as well beyond just those four boys. They had six players playing in Vic Metro's under-16s, did the call to cannons. So there's plenty of upside about what they're able to produce this season. Damon Hollow is the next one we'll touch on. He's exciting and explosive and can drive from clearance. He's got a good turn of speed and he's able to drive away from clearance. If he's able to combine that with a really high-end kicking efficiency when he's going inside 50, then he could be someone that's really damaging at centre stoppage. He's already a good kick technically, so it's, yeah, it is developing that clarity in his game and he's already clean below the knee. He's a pretty tidy player. Two that I want to touch on, Pat said, resilient character in general and we saw a little, little bit of him towards the end of last year. He came out in that wild card game against Easton and played really well. Impacts the scoreboard, but also has the ability to push up the ground. And 
One that I kept pushing last year that I don't think has the recognition yet that he should have is Noah Scott. Now, he's a bit of a smaller size for that midfielder, but he's really clean around the contest and he's got great drive in his legs. I mean, he's still relatively new to the talent pathway. He came across from SA at 15 years old. So this is still a little bit new for him, but I think there's a lot of growth and development there with him. He's got tenacity. He's got that run and carry that every midfielder really needs in their skill set. So interested to see how he develops his game because obviously this year's draft class, we've got that many midfielders. So how do you make yourself stand out from the others? So one that I'm really interested in seeing his development. The only thing I'll add about Noah Scott is he averaged 19 disposals in the nine games that he did play last season. So he seemed to adapt to that step up pretty quickly. Like you say, he he didn't have that background that some of the other kids in Victoria do have. Dante Yakovon is one who's strongly built. So he's got good size up forward and will play a really important role for the quarter cannons and can stand up in a contest. He's one that could just pop up and surprise a few people this year. I know some people external from the quarter cannons that are quite high in him. So just, just a wait and see on him and Kane Rutley and Khalil Kutkut a couple of other players so a couple of small forwards Uh, Kane Rutley is someone who's pretty well rounded and Khalil is someone who's in the Basha Hooli Academy really lively and likely type in the forward half so just keep an eye out for both of those players Eastern Rangers yeah, Eastern Rangers. We're moving to some big teams now in terms of talent there's a lot of depth in the metro region this year And Eastern have you, your number one projected, right? You sticking with him as number one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's my number one projected, I think. Yeah. Josh Smiley. Yeah. Because he's got the point of difference on Fino Sullivan, on Jagger Smith, on those boys that. He's, he's 195 centimetres. He's such a such a big frame. You know, you think if you miss out on Finno Sullivan or you miss out on Jagger Smith at the top of the draft class, and they are both spectacular players, but if you do miss out on them, then there are other midfielders of similar size that you're able to get and develop. Josh Smiley is one who's big, he's powerful, he's speedy, he's athletic. What more could you want in a player? He can play in the midfield. He can play, He can play. you know, in other positions as well. He's got that versatility and he's shown it over a, a long period of time now. He was very good in the under-16s as well. Stepped up seamlessly to the under-17s. Probably the only thing that he, he didn't, probably get the opportunity to do was play on grand final day and prove that he's a big game player that was out of his control because of a hamstring injury when i say grand final day i'm talking coach talent league grand final day he did of course get back for afl grand final day summed it up perfectly there he's he's not my number one but he's like you know i feel like a few of them are very interchangeable who could go number one at this point christian Moraes is obviously up there in that discussion as well and yeah burst out into the scene come the middle of 2023 in terms of that stoppage craft and ability to work the football out of the middle of the ground and use his legs and drive. And he's one that just keeps seeming to impress week after week. He's got great work at work ethic. He just hunts the football down relentlessly. And he's just a one that I think can, he's got a lot of upside still. I don't think we've actually seen like the most of him yet. No, we haven't probably seen the best of him yet, which is scary to think about. He's going to be in the midfield with Josh Smiley and Cody Anderson, who we'll talk about in yeah. a second, and a couple of really good bottom majors in Lockie Doverston and Ollie Greaves. But um, the other th- other couple of things I'll add about Christian Murray is he's got the basketball background. That comes through when he's on the footy field. You can sort of see that, and you know the sort of traits that the, that basketball background brings. And he's also very, very, very adept at reading the ball off the ruck's hands, getting it yeah. cleanly, and then driving away. I, th- 
think that feature of being able to know where the ball's going to go uh, allows him to have that that drive from stoppage that has become a real feature of his game. We'll move on to Cody Anderson, who did get that under-17s Vic Metro trial at Avalon Airport Oval. He's a big bull. He's He's been well exposed now over a couple of years for the Eastern Rangers, and he's also played a fair bit of senior footy out at Hillsville in the Outer East Football Netball League and certainly has the frame to match it at senior footy. He's actually sneaky quick off the mark, but probably that pace is something he'll look to develop mm-hmm. and those foot skills as well to to really round out that game so that, so that he doesn't just have size. He isn't just that physical big bull, but he's actually got that athleticism and that good ball use, which is so important. 100% excited to see his football progress into 2024. And another one that definitely can become anything is Jack Ryan. That real yeah. pace yep. and speed. He's just one that you, catches your eye every time you're watching him on the football field. What do you think needs to become of him in 2024 to advance him to that kind of next elite stage? Yeah, well, he plays such a difficult role. He plays that high half forward role, so much unrewarded running. Uh, and it can be a role where you, you feel a little bit un- undernourished because, you know, you see the ball going back over your head. But I think if he continues playing to structure and he, he's able to, I guess, add a real weapon to his game, we know how good he is as a runner. He's got a good aerobic capacity and he's really quick, but he's able to string a few games together, get a trial, you never know. I think his size probably works against him a, a little bit. Like he's not absolutely uh, huge, whether that be height or, or in terms of his size either. But he's one I, I have been really enamoured by watching and yeah I think he he could also progress onto a wing he's probably played his best footy so far as that half forward been a little bit of injury as well I think he injured himself in round one last year so yeah he's one and and he has played senior footy as well for Wuri Yalik in the outer east competition so yeah one to keep an eye out for the son of Eastern Rangers talent league Danny Ryan who is also a Wuri Yalik legend so yeah just one to, to keep an eye out for. Riley White, another one. He's a selfless defender, was part of a very well-drilled backline. I think I said it 100 times last year that Easton had the best backline in the league. He was a, he was a part of that. Had a bit of an injury-interrupted preseason with a torn meniscus, but got that 17-metro trial. So that tells you the realm of player he's sort of seen in and will look to continue to shut down some players next season. Seth McDonald is one that, Definitely looking to advance his footy into 2024 and build a bit more forward craft because he he spent a bit of time on the win and he got that on Coates League Grand Final Day where he did provide a good bit of run and carry up the ground. So he's one that I think should be looked at and, and just see where his football takes him. I think if he can really add that forward element, it gives him that next level because he kind of sits in that just having that win role, a good runner, knows football well. It's just adding that extra... Yeah, he's played both roles throughout his career and I think the thing with him is the aerobic capacity. Personally, yeah. that's something that is going to separate him if he can show it. He's got a big tank and he's got that that ability to, to work up the ground, work both ways, play to structure, hold his width, etc. So, yeah, I think that's something for him. But, yeah, he's, he's one who will benefit from playing in what I expect to be a very strong or have a very strong midfield sort of sort of giving him the ball on half forward or, or, or on the wing as well. He can provide that running carry and then another one worth touching on Jack Baldwin another one part of that really good defense for Eastern Rangers in 2023 he played in the Indigenous Academies game against the Bashahuli Foundation and was a star on that day despite his team going down comprehensively so he's someone who 
is a very popular clubman down at the Eastern Ranges and has has a little bit to him, probably a bit, bit of development still to go with him as that sort of medium defender. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but he could take some scalps and announce himself that way. Moving now to the Northern Knights, and they had, again, they had a pretty good season last year and, and a, little, a good bit of bottom age talent coming through. Have to start at the top of the list with one of my favourites last year to watch was Zach Johnson, who really built already as a, a really nice defensively minded midfielder. And that's, again, another thing you can't take for granted, a midfielder who really has a defensive mindset because a yep. lot of it is attacking. But he he does understand that side of the game really well and has a really good balance. He's a composed ball user, but he's also really good airily for yep. a midfielder as well. Plays really good above for his size and has the capacity to have that mid-forward rotation as 2024 progresses. Yeah, certainly. I think he's built his fitness over the off-season as well, so that'll just help him as he sort of looks to cover the ground really well. And I think he's actually one, and we know how strong the midfield crop is this season, but I think he's one that you know could start in that big metro midfield. That's how highly I think yeah. he's probably more yeah. that outside player, but uh, as a player that sort of gets released and is then able to use it well and set up some players. Uh, Jesse Dottoli is another one who I think Metro as a bottom major speaks to where he's sort of at with his footy plays as a sort of forward midfielder and also plays in APS competition for Kerry Grammer. Very dangerous. And I loved, I just remember very vividly the, the trials last year, the Metro trials, he was just all over the place in the best way possible. Just electric one that can do a variety of things on the football ground and and execute them in different ways, but they're very effective at the same time. So I feel like we didn't even get to see a lot of him in 2023. No, so yeah. still a lot, again, a lot a lot left with him this year. Lucas yep. McInerney, classy windman, one that I think will be a, a good player to watch when you, you compare him to other players. And I feel like that's where we'll learn a lot about him. But he's got really good movement in transition, very classy mover of the footy and, and drives his legs well, so knows how to execute his position very well. Yeah, don't sleep on Lucas McInerney. He's one who, at under-16s level, was was excellent, played for Vic Metro for the Northern Knights last season, mixing his time also at APS level. He's one who probably didn't quite get to the the standard he probably would have liked off, yeah, like you say, wing, halfback, but certainly he's one who has the capacity to take his game to the next level this season because his decision-making is outstanding and his kicking efficiency is also another part of his game that really sets him apart. So if he's able to show that on a consistent basis in 2024, watch out. He's one that could surprise a lot of people and pop up really quickly. He doesn't have school footy to play this season either. So he's finished with school. So be able to dedicate a lot of time to footy. That can go two ways for players. But what it certainly means is he'll be playing week in, week out for Northern, be able to get some consistency and will be able to show his footy IQ and his skill execution on a weekly basis in front of recruiters at the best level. Liam Farrow, now known for that 0-6 game in the... <laughs> That's in the Well, look, it's the good thing, though, because it he was getting a heap of the football and, yep. look, that could have been a 6-0 day. And we're talking about the under-17 trials for the AFL Grand Final day. And he was terrific there. I mean, he plays above his height. He's only... Uh, one eight nine. One, one eight nine. Yep. So, you know, typically a little bit undersized for that kind of key forward, but he plays yeah. really well above his height. So, again, I think we've only scratched the surface with his footy. 
I think, yeah, you can write off that as an anomaly. That, yeah. yeah, certainly that 0-6 game. I think usually any other day he would back himself to sort of kick three or four. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for him that day. But it's not just his height. He's also got the ability to break lines, present up yeah. the ground, and does have that power as well. So he won't play as that sort of deep sort of resting key forward, I guess. He does have the ability to get up the ground, which you need at 189 centimetres. So he's... He's um, one who will be really important with his overhead ability in a smaller, probably, uh, forward line for Northern in 2024. But he he does have the ability to get up. So looking forward to seeing what we see from him. A couple of others we'll, we'll touch on as well. Ty Kitchell, um, he's one who will probably rotate half-back midfield, but he's very versatile. He'll look to settle down positionally, take the next step with his footy in 2024. He showed glimpses in 2023. And then Christian Lawson is, is a bull and has a really big role to play in the midfield as someone who goes in, wins the footy and is fearless. Obviously, Christian Farinato was so good last year. I know you enjoyed Christian Farinato's footy and Christian Lawson will look to sort of seamlessly take over that role uh, because he does have that size about him and that, that you know, go-getting ability as well. Well, to mention, we will be doing an episode on 19-year-olds that are returning, also VFL and VFLW listed players this year have moved on to that style of footy. But yeah, just to finish on Lawson, his inside grunt work is just really good and he understands that role well and he can produce moments going forward. So that is an element to his game to watch out for. We'll now move to the Chargers who arguably have the premiership favourite list at this point in time. They are very, very stacked this year. And where do you start? Because there's two potential number ones here, but I'll start with my number one, who would be Finno Sullivan, who... I have here in my notes, he's a difference maker. There are few players that you can identify as a real difference maker, but I believe last year that when Oakley didn't have him and when they did have him, that's two different teams. He really does make an impact. He's got power. He's got composure, plays well below his knees and can has a really good overhead ability. Very complete, I think, already. Obviously, still a lot of football to go with in his game, but he's just agile, but can somehow be a bull as well when he needs to be. So just love a lot about his game that I think there are so many elements. I, I think there's a lot of versatility as well with him that will be explored as the year goes on just naturally. So he's my number one at this point, but obviously they're, they're all so close. Yep. The only thing I'll add to, to that in terms of what he provides on field is his decision-making really impresses me. It feels like he's always two steps ahead of other players and, and knows what he he wants uh, teammates to do. He doesn't always get the ball back or, or whatever it is that he wants, but AF, at AFL level, you know that that's going to stand up and be something that really shines through. So I think his teammates are going to supplement that well. And he's, he's one who um, is the cousin of Carlton's Sam Walsh. So some good bloodlines there and, and some good knowledge to draw on, obviously. Sam Walsh being a number one pick, Finno Sullivan being in discussions for that position as well. So being able to handle the pressure of what comes with that tag, something he's got you know someone to to draw on, which is really positive. Jagger Smith is one who's going to supplement. Fino Sullivan really well. I think the word I associate with him is he's elusive, so he's very hard to tackle. So he averaged 30 disposals in 10 Coates Talent League games, and most of those disposals were damaging in one way or another and made the right decisions 
as well. So he's graduated from school. So talked about it with Lucas McInerney. We'll talk about it with a few players. So that means he'll be able to, you know, dedicate some more time to footy, but obviously he'll be looking to make sure he has that balance in his life as well so he doesn't get all consumed by it. So interested to see what becomes of him, probably compared to some of the other uh, players in the mix for that number one position. He's more of an outside player than an inside player, you'd suggest. Yeah, it's it's just as, as well with Finn. It's this general decision-making that I yep. think just sets him apart from the rest. And he probably still has some more size to build into his body, but arguably with that outside role, do you really need it? He plays his role so well. And with his size, he's still clean. He's still agile and doesn't seem to have any problems with it. So... Yep. And it will be really interesting when we, you know, in in 10 months' time when we're sitting here where his football actually was kind of developed and where he's sitting because I think both of these players have a lot of scope still and that will play out as the season goes on. Tom Gross, another one that put his name on the map very early last year as well, just drive and power. You notice him straight away and he's one that's pretty quintessential to a centre stoppage group, I yep. think. Yeah, no, I think that's – you've hit the nail on the head. I think if I was to, to give three words that I'd associate with Tom Goss, I'd say powerful, I'd say X Factor, I'd say dare. And yep. the dare side of things is what I really like. So as a bottom major, he backed himself to take the game on and play to his strengths yep. and reach his – I don't want to say reach his capacity. He's obviously got another another step to go this year, but certainly played as well as he could have. He did, didn't hold back and he's willing to, to take shots on goal. He's willing to hit up targets that um, perhaps other players would, would go for the easier option, don't want to make a mistake, but he's willing to know what his skill set is and plays to it to its full capacity. So he's one that can also have a scoreboard impact. So looking forward to seeing – what we get from him, and they're probably the big three when people talk about Oakley. That you know, you talk about the big three, but I think Pat Reshko is not too far behind them. Had an ACL injury in 2022, and there's been so much talk in the latter end of 2023 after he was able to string some games together about what he could produce this season. So he averaged 23 touches last season, headlined by a 41 disposal game against Gippsland. Um, playing off the half-back line. So he's one who will get some midfield minutes in 2024, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he produces because he's someone who understands the game really well and has good skill execution. I think he nearly rivaled that number against Sandy as well from memory. He was up there in the 30s, and he's impressive. On display, when he gets the ball, he's noticeable. Just yep. just one of those who can has flair to his game. I think yeah. that, that's probably yep. another word to add to his to his category. One I think is worth touching on because of the bloodline, Luke Quainor. Yep. And obviously you would know a lot about Isaac. Yep. Yep. I think they're quite similar. Yeah, they're they, very... You watch them and you're kind of like that, yeah, geez, they're brothers. So a lot there's a lot there that you – they're very similar. you think they'd be a bit different, but no. Yeah, they players. are very similar. And, and Luke's had the, the privilege of training alongside Isaac and the Collingwood Magpies. Uh, throughout summer. So he's a member of the Collingwood NGA program, obviously got the Ghanaian heritage as obviously his brother does as well. So he's one who, yeah, plays off halfback, good kick, sets the game up, really strong. You know, you're you're basically describing what Isaac was like as an 18-year-old there. So, yeah, in a very similar vein. And they've got so many players, Oakley as well, that are there or thereabouts that are in that same sort of category as Luke Quainer. So so we will run through them. It would be remiss not to. Uh, Charlie Richardson, he's that old-school centre-half forward who... 
I think his ability to take a big grab, he plays above his height, which is about that 193 centimetre mark, and he can kick a very long footy and kick a very straight footy. So I think if you want anyone taking a set shot at goal from 50 after the siren, he'd be up there because of his set shot technique. So looking forward to seeing what we get from him. He also plays at Caulfield Grammar. Speaking to a lot of people in 2023, his rise from 2020, 2021 to 2023 was marked. So he's put in a lot of work and you expect that's going to continue and the natural progression will continue in 2024. Tell me about Doug Kerr, another Pies NGA as well, and Lucas Tovey for that matter. Tell me about those two and what to expect. I guess they're fitting more under our under-the-radar category yeah. in this circumstance, but where's their development coming from this year and what should we expect? Yeah, so Doug Kerr, like you say, another Collingwood NGA prospect who I think the word is he's going to get some positional flexibility in 2023, probably seen more so in 2023 as that intercept defender, I suppose, particularly at school level where he played his best footy. But yeah, this season there will be the opportunity to explore some midfield minutes. Obviously he's competing with some very, very hot property in there um, with, you know, the players we've already talked about, but also going up forward as well because he's very strongly built. So that's something that he's got that sort of sets him apart. And you also asked about Lucas Tovey, who made a name for himself as a key defender playing on Archer Reed last season. Uh, key defenders, very hard to come by. Players who have already had you know as much experience in the talent league as what he will have had in November as a key defender. And obviously the, the lack of height in this year's draft class puts even more of a premium on what he's able to produce. So he's someone who I'm looking forward to seeing. He's very competitive one-on-one and backs himself to take a mark and will no doubt take some more scalps this season. But having someone that's 200 centimetres in your back line is, uh, is an asset. Tyg McCarthy, probably the one last one yep. to, to give a quick mention to as well. Yeah, Tyg McCarthy. So, yeah, under-16s, All-Australian team. So that tells you how long he's sort of been seen as someone who could really pop up. And he he showed in that under-17s Vic Metro trial game last season that he, he could play really well and, and also did some really good things elsewhere as well. I guess the, the biggest thing with Tyg is his ability to read the ball in flight. He's a defender and he's an intercept and he's able to take a mark because he sees the ball early, able to read it, get into position earlier than his opponent. So I think he's one to really watch out for. You, you, you look at all those names, Oakley have got a very well-rounded list. It's hard to really say, oh, they're missing a player or there's a position they're a little bit weaker in. Maybe you'd say as they don't necessarily have a true small forward, but we haven't touched on Kobe Askew, who, who you expect, you know, very coachable, could take that next step. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing them. They're my premiership favourites. Oh, well, we'll get that. That'll, that'll <laughs> be in a few. That'll be in a few episodes' time. But speaking of premierships, back to back. Yep. And are they making it a third? Which again, that'll be pre-season talk. But Sandy Dragons, again, a good list, and and they typically do bring up good lists. And a lo- a few a few of these boys did play in that premiership, but not all of these boys were in that premiership last year. Probably yep. compared to the year before, where a few more were in that premiership team but we'll start from the top with Levi Ashcroft obviously the brother of Will and we know he will end up at Brisbane one way or another and he spent time up there training and playing VFL as well Michael and I've always said I do think he has more talent than Will but obviously Will is still very talented I think he's got a lot of a lot more versatility compared to Will so when you look at Will he's a natural just ball accumulator and knows how to win on the inside Levi, you could put him inside 50 and he'll kick four goals in a game, without a doubt. I just think he's that dangerous when he moves forward that 
you can't afford to take him lightly in the sense of the way he moves. His running is very strong, good good aerobic base. He'd be up there actually close for, you know, he won't go number one for because of that father-son, but yep. you take that away, I would have him as my number one. I do think he... I, I I think he's the most talented in this draft class, but he's not obviously that number one pick for me. But I'm interested. What do you th- what do you think still needs to develop in his football this year? Yeah, I, I'm just really keen to to see him just take that natural next step that people take, and I guess embrace that responsibility of being a top agent. You know, last yeah. year you had. You had um, Levi Ashcroft, but he also had the likes of Riley Sanders and Charlie Edwards in that midfield that, you know, were obviously the the players that everyone was looking at now that he is dealing with that attention. And obviously he's, he's got Will to draw on. He's got yeah. his father, Mark to draw, uh, Marcus, to draw on, who will give him a lot of guidance. But how he sort of deals with that and, yeah, mixing, I guess, APS footy with um, with talent league footy is something that his brother didn't have to do his brother obviously finished year 12 by the time his top aged year came about so yeah he's one who'll be really interesting but in terms of yeah what to look out for i think it's just a matter of him taking that next step and yeah being really professional in the way he goes about it murphy reads one i I really enjoyed watching i i think that um that two games really stand out to me from last season so it's a vic metro bottom major but the game he played against oakley where a lot of players were missing due to due to um vic metro etc and he took a he took the responsibility on with a plum in that midfield alongside Cooper Lord, who's now listed at North Melbourne VFL. And then in the wet against Calder at Trevor Barker Oval, both of those games, his smooth moving um, through traffic is something which uh, really enamors me or enamors me to him. He's one who's really composed and probably is more comfortable in that midfield position than the forward line, but he showed he could also play in the forward line and be really impactful on grand final day where he had 19 touches and kicked two goals. Yeah, well, his work rate is up there, so it's yeah. noticeable each game that, you know, if he's not getting his hands on the footy as much, he's still doing the little things. So yeah. I'm I'm very keen to see where his football takes him. I feel like I probably didn't get enough of a gauge, overview, yeah, enough yeah. Of a gauge to say... I'm really with. He's a talented footballer. I think he'll this year a lot. I, I'm sure he's had a terrific off season. So there'll be a lot of improvements in his game. Sam Marshall is one to talk about. Who yeah. Queensland boy. So if I'm not mistaken, he'll play Brisbane for yeah. Brisbane Academy for the first four games, and he will eventually end up in that Sandy team come the end of the year. But you know, inside bull, grunt yeah. work, effective ball user, and. Good work ethic as well. So has the ability to play on the outside if he if needs be. Yeah, and covers the ground really well as well. I think the the thing is, yeah, he, he'll only get a few games for the Sandringham Dragons because he'll go Brisbane Academy into Melbourne Grammar Footy into or you know intertwined within that will also be his time with the Allies as well. So yeah, he's he's one to to keep a close eye on throughout twenty twenty four where his commitments take him. Uh, Tash Hotton, a very flashy player, got Vic Metro as the bottom major, also plays for Halebury and played some pretty good footy there. His brother Ollie already listed at St Kilda. Um, he'll be probably, for me, the thing he'll be looking to add to his game is that level of consistency. He's one who I look at him up forward and I think he can he can turn a game in a quarter, he can turn a game in a half. I'd love to see him do it. And the other thing I'd love to see him do is be able to, to for a month, just really turn it on because I think if he does that, there's going to be it's going to be very hard to stop and it's going to be very hard to overlook him in the early part of the draft. He's 
he's the number one player for me is almost moments yeah. in terms of athleticism. Yeah, like on, he only took jumps, mark of the year yeah. in a practice game yep. at the start of last year. I mean, it, it, it's nuts. The things he can do, uh, he's got a lot of gifts in that sense. It's it's really just it is literally impacting the game and making those moments count. And yeah. Once he does, he becomes a regular in, you know, top 20, 30 conversations. So a lot to see with Taj. He's a very good excitement player. If you're at a game, you kind of want to keep an eye out on him, yeah. that type of player really. Yeah, yeah. Luke Trainer, one that you've probably been quite high on when you've seen him, probably looks better in the back line, yeah. most would suggest, than yeah. what he has looked in the forward line. I know Sandy as a region have been high on him since he was a 14, 15-year-old sort of, and now he's sort of 193 centimetres and now is his year to really show why there has been that hype around him. Vic Metro bottom major again, uh, what what is it about his game that is going to, I guess, separate him this year um, from, I guess, a glut of 192, 193 centimetre, nearly key position players? Well, I just think he's dynamic in the way he's able to play his football. I don't think he's attached to any type of forward that he needs to be playing on. He's got that ability airily and and as well he's just able to rebound well when the ball goes to ground. His kicking is really good. I, I mean, there's that aggressiveness about his games that, that really gives him an advantage that no matter where he's playing, who he's playing on, yep. he's got that element that I think is just really nice and add, adds to his game really well. So... One that impacts a contest really well. Yep. I'm, I'm not. I'm big on him. I just think there's something good about him with that size. Like he's not small, but he's not tall, tall either. He's just got good size, and I think there'll be a bit of flexibility with his game. Certainly, we'll move on. Yeah, uh, there's so many to touch on here. We'll, we'll talk about Nathaniel Salzberger now. So he's from Tasmania, Caulfield Grammar, a very good contested player and is one that's got a fair bit of hype about him as well. So made the move up to Victoria. So I guess in a similar vein to Riley Sanders in that way. But there has been a little bit of hype and he did obviously get some exposure and showed that he was able to match it at talent league level in 2023. So he'll be looking to maintain that um, this season. 100%. And we liked what we saw from him at the back end of 2023. So yep. one I think you can't really take your eye off, and especially in a team that has that much talent, yep. naturally these players yep. are seen go a lot to the next more, level. go yeah. to the next level. So excited to see what happens there. A few more to touch yep. on because, yep. I mean, look, they do have a very deep list as to Oakley. Um, it's just naturally yep. each year. Harry Oliver won that. Played really good under 16 Carnival yep. Yep. a few years back. Moves really well for his size. Is a really nice ball user. In terms of positional awareness, he always finds himself in really good spots to move the footy forward. Yep. So one that I've liked and enjoyed watching and I think there's still more to come with him. Tough and versatile, I think, are the yep. two things that come to mind when I think of Harry Oliver um, and probably is one that, yeah, in any other team would have, you know, would be there, you know, or in the top two or three players yeah. that they're really hyped about, but because he's, he's on this list and obviously didn't play a heap last season is one that's a little bit further down but could come up and come up quickly, surprise a few people. And then Harry Armstrong, similar vein, he's, he's Vic Metro listed despite having such little exposure last season. So he's a developing key forward to keep your eye out for. 
Uh, Josh Dolan is one who is just a wait and see. He probably doesn't have the hype of some of these other players just yet, but you don't get into a Sandringham Dragons premiership side by accident with the amount of talent they not only had in that premiership side, but also the amount of talent they had on the sidelines. The likes of Josh Docking, who played Vic Metro last season, wasn't in that premiership side, and it was someone like Josh Dolan keeping him out because he plays his role off half forward as a runner really well. And, yeah, his ability to, to play at a structure, really impressive. He's a good role player, got a good tank on him. And Jet Haida, from what I've heard, has put on five or six kilos in the in the preseason, which is something that he, he probably needed to do because he, he is sort of that lightly framed outside player that got the opportunity to play 17s trial for Vic Metro last season. And, yeah, got a little bit of electricity about him. Another one maybe like Taj Houghton, not hasn't produced as much as Taj Houghton, but certainly has that um, ability to impact with few possessions. For sure. One, and he did have some very good performances last year and we saw sort of traits of what he's capable of and probably the only thing he needs to watch does let the emotion get yeah. into his game, yep. which isn't, you know, nothing wrong with that. But obviously something you've got to contain at times, which we kind of saw with players last year that it can affect the way you play. So, But still, got the talent and, and interesting with that size where that takes him as well. And last one to touch on is, is Adrian Cole, a St Kilda Next Generation Academy defender who will look to really bed down a spot in that back line um, in in 2023. Um, Sandy don't necessarily have that big back that, you know, Oakley have with Lucas Tovey. So can yep. he become that sort of player and become someone for St Kilda fans to be excited about? I guess that's a wait and see. We'll move on to the last club from the Vic Metro region in the Western Jets. The clear player here that everyone's talking about is Luca Grego. Yeah, well, if you want a player that will literally execute his role as as you tell him, it's Luca Grego because he doesn't do anything sort of out of what he's not meant to do, just executes it well. And on that half-back role, he knows how to work his body well to get ahead of his opponent, to move the footy well up the ground, clean hands. He's just a clean distributor. And that's, again, something that could be undervalued, but I don't think it is in this case. He He's... He's been rewarded for the football he has played. Featured on an AFL grand final day, played some consistent footy in his bottom end year. Workman-like as well, I would say, uh, with the way he sort of goes about his role. He doesn't just, you know, have that offensive flair to his game that's really exciting to watch, but he's happy to do the dirty work as well. Um, and he, he, he'll he get some midfield minutes, no doubt, for the Western Jets as well. But, yeah, he the fact that he's he's got someone in the AFL that he's related to in Zach Butters. Um, he, obviously, Zach Butters finished very high in the in the Brownlow medal polling last season and, you know, he's a star of the competition. But just having that knowledge to draw on is is something that uh, will hold him in good stead as well and, and very professional the way he goes about his footy. His family comes from a high-level softball background, so he does have that good pedigree as well. There's a few others from the Western Jets, yeah, but they're probably, you know, seen as a little bit weaker than some of the other sides. But they do have some players that could just pop up and, and surprise you. Keaton Mudify Forbes is one of those. I, he only played three games, for, three or four games for the Jets last season, but boy, was he impressive in a couple of those. I think yeah. about the game against the Eastern Rangers and him and Logan Morris playing as a one-two punch up forward were just about impossible to stop. So he's one who plays above his height. He's that 189, 190 centimetre um, forward. But yeah, it's probably for him developing that ability to, to whether it's break lines or be a little bit better at ground level because over his head he's really good and probably kicks a further ball than anyone in the Coates Talent League. He kicks 60, 65. <laughs> he does have a massive kick. It's, yep. it's fun to watch. 
And I'm sure it, there will definitely be a highlight reel with him during the year where you'll just see him kick it about 65, 70 metres. Touch on Massimo Razo, who yeah. probably one of the smaller players in the competition. 170, 171. I'm yeah. pretty sure he claimed he was the smallest player in the competition when we when we did do some filming with the Jets. Yeah, as there, we as we were doing yeah. as we were doing a, a longest kick challenge. He goes smallest talent, smallest player in the talent league. So maybe um, yeah, um, he could be. He's there or thereabouts. He he is very small. Noah Tulio from the Geelong Falcons comes to mind as another yeah. player that's very small. But, but the advantage with him, he's very good yeah. with his ground balls, and and that's what he needs to be good at, and he executes it really well. I said, uh, and I put on the record last. Um, I I um I will put on the record um, when we do the Vic Country podcast and I will I will promise you that I'll do that is that Sam Lawler is the best Vic Country Vic Metro or AFL Academy player when it comes to ground balls I think in the talent league I think it's Massimo Razzo so he's obviously not in any of those um in those teams yet but he's one who's just outstanding below his knees wet day warm day Dry day, it's it's always it's always the same. You know he's going to be very good below his knees. So he's probably one that if he's going to get drafted or, or look to push to that next level, it's going to be as a forward just because of that size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's an absolute he's an absolute jet. Pardon the pun. Um, and we'll get some midfield time as well. You'd expect and, and has already had some time further up the ground. Uh, we'll move to uh, Daniel Snell. Yeah. Um, I think. Very athletically gifted, more athletically gifted than most in the competition. He can jump very high. He's very good in terms of sprinting. His dad has that AFL background as well, uh, Jason Snell. So he's got that to draw on. And, yeah, he can weave through traffic. He's that sort of medium hybrid forward who is very hard to match up on because of that athleticism. And, yeah, his, his scoreboard impact is very good as well. Very kind character and got featured in that under-17s Vic Metro trial game. Yeah. And the last player to probably touch on here is Taj Asafiri, who spent some time with the Batchahula Academy. So yep. he's he's had a good bit of experience in his in his footy life so far. And I know you had a deeper chat with him, which is on the channel if you want to go check that out. There's a lot of room left with his football. Yeah, and speaking to everyone at the Western Jets, he's the one since they've come back from training post-Christmas that has impressed the most. He's taken a big step forward with his training intensity, whether that's because he did go to Dubai with the Bashahuli Academy, you know, that's yeah, he, he'd be the one that would know the answer to that. But probably for him it's about promoting his offensive flair a little bit more and showing off that kicking and that side of his game because what he showed last season, he did it in a practice match actually against Nick Watson. He was able to shut him down and he's very competitive and deceptively strong one-on-one, very hard to beat. Uh, and does it week in, week out. Doesn't necessarily get a lot of the footy though. So for him, it'll be about getting getting the footy, showing it's not just shutting down, but I'm also able to kick it really well. I'm able to set up the game from the back line and maybe rather than playing as a shutdown, lockdown, negative defender, he can play off half back and, and yeah, set the game up from the back half. They're probably the, the main players from the Jets. And that sums it up for episode one. So, as I said, this will be a pretty much a four-part series. So, next week, stay tuned and we'll do Vic Country and all their teams and all the top five plays and then we will get into the girls after that. So, please make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, a lot of talent coming through the female pathway as well. So, a lot to promote in the next upcoming weeks. But, hope you enjoyed the first episode back. Hope you enjoy the new setup and hopefully our voices sound a lot better and there's not that Skype, you know, half-cut-out stuff. So, make sure to... Follow our socials for some extra content. A lot of fun stuff coming out this year that we're excited to share with you all. Please make sure to follow, subscribe and like and leave a comment for some advice or 
who you're excited to see this year. So thank you all for listening and watching and we will see you next week.